everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Shine Sparkers podcast. I'm Amanda Van Heil. I'm going to be your host. I'm joined by our creative director, Darren, and our special guest, Sebastian. Sebastian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with the Metroid series? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Sebastian, a 32-year-old Swede who has uh, been working with Darren on some harmony of... Uh, harmony of anything albums uh, for quite a long time now uh starting with the harmony of a hunter in 2011 i think yeah 10 years ago and uh yeah that was the first time i made any video game covers and uh it's been quite a few since uh i have since been an assistant director on harmony of heroes final smash and I'm mostly an acoustic uh, musician. Uh, have done some occasional orchestral, orchestral stuff and some rock stuff as well. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, really. Uh, I'm on this. Uh, that's perfect. Okay, that's that's fine. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's always difficult to present yourself it always ends up sounding like a resume or something i know what you mean it's like how do i talk about myself without sounding egotistical and uh, yeah. not sounding like i'm in a job interview yeah <laughs> however if you're already egotistical it comes to just second nature so true, I, true. so i don't have a problem <laughs> <laughs> So this episode, we are actually going to be talking about Harmony of a Hunter Returns, which is the new addition to the Harmony of a grouping of albums. So why was this album created, aside from the fact that the previous ones were just fantastic? I can't think of a reason why not to have a third or a fourth. Or what number are we on? Sorry. Uh, this will be the sixth album that we've Six. done now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Harmony of a Heroes and Harmony of a Hunter, and I know there was like the Pokemon one, I think, at some point. Yeah, champion. Okay, cool. So, uh, a sort of brief history, I guess. So, obviously, people have heard me on the podcast before um, many times. Obviously, you know that I'm creative director of Shinesbarkers, but I also uh, head these incredible um, fan arrangement albums uh, in a series uh, called Harmony Of, and then we normally have a subtitle of some kind. And it started in 2011 with Harmony The Hunter, and that was a Metroid album to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Metroid series, because at the time it felt like um, certain people were not uh, celebrating Metroid, and it was a little bit frustrating, and we wanted to do something about that Um, and it took off so well that we made a second one uh, which we decided to call uh, Harmony of a Hunter 101% run uh, which is a reference to a 101% completion rate that you can get in Metro Prime 2 Echoes and we thought it was a a cool little, uh, little title and we tried to cover as many tracks that we couldn't do the first time around. Um, in 2014, we decided to sort of expand on um, Metroid a bit and, and sort of include other series. And so we decided to go with a Super Smash Brothers uh, fan arrangement album called Harmony of Heroes, uh, which was a massive 101 track album uh, that did very well. 
and then we followed that up uh, with a 27 track uh, follow-up album called Harmony of Heroes Final Smash in the same year uh, which Sebastian uh, was assistant director on and that was completed in six weeks uh, which was very stressful but uh, I feel like we were able to incorporate some of the series in the uh, recent games that had released at the time which was uh, the Wii U and 3DS games um, and then in 2017 we released a Pokemon album which was a story-driven narrative piece which had the music of Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green. It celebrated the 20th anniversary and it was to commemorate uh, the passing of Satoru Iwata, uh, the former Nintendo president. And so it's been a while since we actually did another album so we thought it would be a really good time to do a follow-up to the Harmony of a Hunter albums. So to celebrate a decade of albums, uh, we, we decided to do another one of those and it has 65 tracks. It is five hours long and it includes many people from the previous albums, including a few new ones. And again, we've tried to cover tracks that we haven't done the first time around and the second time around. And it's, uh, it, it's come together very well and it will launch on the 6th of August, which is the 35th anniversary of Metroid. Very awesome. I think my first introduction to the Harmony of albums, that was, it was the Super Smash Brothers one that mm. was what introduced me to it because I remember reporting on it for Zelda Universe. So that's how I know about it initially. I think that might be how we met actually, because I think I was- That might actually be how we yes. met. Yeah. That's probably it. <laughs> Yeah, as you can see, it, it's been quite a, a journey to get to this point, and it's just really nice that we could actually put something together during the pandemic when people were sort of a bit of a loss as to what to do um, because people's uh, you know, work had dried up and things, and there was a lot of uh, stress, and they wanted a distraction uh, from you know, from the world outside. So. Uh, we decided that we was going to put this uh, together. It felt like the right time to do it. Um, prior to that, there was a, a personal circumstance as well that made me want to go ahead and organize a new album. Uh, and that was uh, my friend Jesse, uh, who had passed away a couple of years prior. He was actually the person that got me into Metroid. Um, so if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be Shine Spark, as more than likely. And there certainly wouldn't be any albums. So it felt uh, correct and proper to dedicate uh, an album in his memory. Uh, so I got the blessing of his sister and, uh, and his parents, and, and they were uh, very thankful. Uh, that we could put it together so um that was that was one of the driving factors um to to create this but uh it's it's been really nice to to gather people together again and actually create something and we hope that this album will uh will be a good distraction uh for other people as well who may be going through a difficult time at the moment yeah i think we could all use a distraction right about now <laughs> definitely yeah, I think it's a really nice, nice gesture, uh, Darren, for your friend. I think it's really, yeah. really beautiful uh, and something I'm sure he would appreciate as well. I think knowing Jesse, he probably just would have been amazed that we even 
put this together for him like he wouldn't have cared how it turned out he would have just been incredibly grateful mm. and be saying why are you doing this for me what why are you making this <laughs> it's too much of a fuss um but he was uh he, he was he was a nice chap and we we'd lost touch as people do as you get older you don't uh, talk to people for a while and with the pandemic i thought oh, it would be great to uh to get in touch again and see how he is and uh, unfortunately i didn't get a reply so when i contacted his sister uh, that's when I got the sad news, um, but uh, it had happened a couple of years prior, so it was uh, it, it just kind of I don't know. There was there was a lot of guilt there as well. I think just wishing that I'd spoken to him sooner um, and kept in touch, but that is uh, that is unfortunately life. And uh, I feel that with this album, you know, his memory can live on a bit. I think that would be that would be really nice. So I hope that when people uh, download the album and listen to it. Uh, they can uh, acknowledge this uh, this life of this person um, that that made Shine Sparkers and made these albums possible in the first place. I love that. That's that's a really awesome way to to honor somebody is with a with, just with music and with a series that somebody loves so much. Mm. I think it's just a great way to do mm. it. Yeah, I had mentioned him previously, I think, but. Um, the way that I got into Metroid was he gave me his copy of Metroid Prime. I think it was in 2004. Because um, at the time I was like, oh, Metroid, I, what is that series? I can't be bothered with that series. I don't care about that series. And he said, you need to play this game. I'm going to send you my copy. Uh, and he sent it over from the US and I had to get like a, a freeloader so I could run it on my GameCube. And, uh, and, and I, I just couldn't put it down. And I bought every other game in the series played through them and, and i just became this super fan and uh, he must have just thought oh, you're copying now darren you know <laughs> so uh yeah but uh, but i've still got his copy and uh you know i'll cherish it forever it was um it's just such a kind thing for him to do you know what better way of trying to convince someone to get into the series than actually giving someone your favorite game you know that's I don't know, trying to find a comparison to that, but um, yeah, I, I guess, Amanda, because obviously you're a massive Zelda fan, if you was to give away like one of your like prized Zelda games or something to a friend to convince them to play it. Yeah, I think I gave one of my friends my Ocarina of Time 3D. Oh, wow. Because I was going to play it one day, and I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure one of my friends has this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just such a nice thing for him to do at the time, and, um, you know, I, I guess this is something that I can do for him in return. So Sebastian, I know you mentioned how most of your music is acoustic, but you do other styles as well. And I listened to the sample of your track on the album and I love it. So <laughs> what kind of styles are on the album? And tell us a little bit about, or whatever you can say about the track that you worked on. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, there, there's, there's a plethora of genres in the album. We have synthwave, there's cinematic orchestras, uh, acoustic tracks, obviously, because one of them is mine. Uh, different kinds of rock and metal, uh, choir arrangements, we have jazz, uh, ambient, folk, chip tune. I mean, name a, a genre and we probably have, have it covered on the album. So basically, there's something everybody is going to be able to enjoy on yeah. this album, no matter what kind of music they listen to. Yeah, I, I, I would say so, yeah. Uh, I'm not... Uh, since it's such a uh, range of genres, I mean, there's a risk you probably won't like 
all of the tracks, but we have 65 tracks on the album. I'm sure you will enjoy plenty of them. And personally, I love them all. I think they're great. I'm super proud of all of them. It's so funny, though, like listening to it and then just going, oh, wait, that's the Smash Brothers song. Oh, wait, no, that's not the Smash Brothers song. That's the Metroid song from that was in Smash Brothers. Because when it's <laughs> like the, when that's like your first introduction to a certain song, that's kind of like what you associate it with, no matter what it what it's in later. Yeah, definitely. Just to jump in there, I think the track that you're talking about is Through the Depths, which is a cover of Bringstar and that is uh, that, that was created by Vincent uh, Rubinetti and that sort of ties back to Harmony of Heroes it's kind of it's focused like it's sort of inspired by uh, Smash Brothers and there's a few things like that around the album uh, we've got like a story driven sort of Ridley piece um, where it sort of shares like his sort of journey through all the games from the first all the way to Samus Returns. Um, so the same theme but in different ways. Uh, so it sort of it changes as you go through. Um, and then to 101% Run, where we've got a high score making return, which is uh, a group uh, which I'm sure that Sebastian can probably go into a little bit. Um, and they've just done a, a huge medley. Um, which references every single Metroid game uh, to date, uh, which also includes a, a, a more recent edition as well. <laughs> Federation Force? <laughs> Federation Forces is a Metroid release and therefore it is in there, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we even made a little hint to Metroid Dread in that, mm. in that medley as well. High Score is a super fun project. I had just started studying uh, video game music at the university here in Sweden and I had this vision of creating a miniature Harmony of a Hunter album but just one track, one medley that would be as diverse in genres as the album was. But I knew I couldn't do it alone so I gathered up some of my classmates, uh, quite a few of my classmates to do like one track from each and every game in the Metroid series. We ended up with an, I think it was like an 11, 12 minute long track covering everything from the NES Metroid to uh, Metroid Other M. That was the most recent release at the time. And uh, for this album, we wanted to one up that entire experience. Unfortunately, not everyone from the original project came back and felt they had a time to work on another medley like this. But I did manage to get a few more friends together and it all just spiraled out of control. And now it's a 25 minute long medley. <laughs> uh, that just, I mean, it, it got a bit insane, I think. Uh, we have some death metal and we have some jazz, some acapella stuff all within the same medley and I think it personally I'm super excited for everyone to hear this track and uh, I'm super proud of it. You've even got voice acting in there as well haven't you? Yeah, so, yeah. I got the opportunity to voice act the alarm from uh, Metroid Other M. <laughs> 
you've done voice acting on, on some other tracks as well, but yeah, so Sebastian's um, influence across the whole album is uh, is, is clear. Um, but you know, not just this album. Sebastian has been a part of nearly every single release that we've ever done. He's been a huge support. So um, you know, it, it, it's nice that you're here for the for the sort of 10th anniversary album. And he's been a fantastic assistant director as well. He's been giving some good advice and support to all the musicians involved in the project. He's worked really, really hard, as has Zach, uh, Zach Parrish, which is our other assistant director who couldn't be here today, and he does send his apologies. Uh, but Zach has also worked incredibly hard on this album and uh, contributed um, so many tracks as well. He's, he's done a fantastic job. It is a huge team effort definitely we couldn't just do it between the three of us um something of this scale and, and scope couldn't be achieved um w without a, a dedicated team and a, a creative passionate team and i think uh the concept of sort of bringing everyone together to sort of mark the anniversary um during a, a, a challenging time for people i think uh must have resonated because uh, there was a lot of uh, support initially and, um, and the new people that's involved have heard of the previous albums and it's been great to have them involved um, as has the art team as well the art team has done a fantastic job this time around um, and we've actually made the art a bigger part of the album as well We've, uh, we've included, uh, I think it was like seven pieces of artwork on the front cover, uh, which looks incredible. It's a varied um, style of, of art, which kind of reflects uh, the, the, sort of the audible experience as well. They should be very proud of themselves. Now, this is a huge undertaking. I mean, 65 tracks, five hours. What all goes into creating an album like Returns, especially with so many artists working on it? Like what what was like step one, aside from just deciding you wanted to do the album, <laughs> going from there, like deciding how many tracks and all of that and deciding what's going to go into it? I think if I approached people and said, hey, do you want to work on a 65 track album? I think people <laughs> would have ran for the hills. I don't, I don't think Sebastian would have wanted to be involved. Um, but... I suppose what goes into an album is you've got to have a solid idea of what you want and a concept that you can sell to people. You can say, hey, you know, this is my idea, this is what I want to achieve, and do you want to be part of this journey? And I'm quite thankful and lucky that people have been able to do that. So once we've kind of got the numbers and we know that there's interest, then we can sort of go a bit more in depth. We can say, well, you know, what sort of things do we want to cover within that album? You know, um, what kind of release is this going to be? And for this one, it was pretty much about celebrating 10 years of Harmony the Hunter, 35 years of Metroid um, and, and the life of Jesse and uh you know helping people through these really difficult times you know we want that was kind of the the goal uh but in previous projects it's been you know there's been slight variations of that there's been different uh, different approaches um in a project like harmony of a hunter you just kind of bring together as many people as you can and there's a lot more freedom and less restrictions uh, compared to an album such as uh, Harmony of a Champion, where it's specifically one game 
and we know exactly how many tracks are going to be in there because we want to cover every track and we know that it's going to have sound design for example and it's going to be a lot more restrictive even in the art the artwork of Harmony of the Champion was quite restrictive as well because we wanted to have just two colours and shades of, of those colours in between uh, which was a very big challenge I think for the art team back then um, but this one being a little bit more open and, and more chill and more relaxed that that probably is a bit more appealing but once you've uh, got a few tracks and you kind of have an idea of, of how things are going you kind of want to look at the sort of the order of the tracks and how how the whole album's going to flow um, you also need to look into the promotion as well so you need to have some people that's willing to get the word out there and thankfully over the years we've built up a, a really good um, network of websites um, and I think even the site that you write for, Zelda Universe, Amanda has been quite supportive over the years as well. Um, and obviously the, the fans over at Shine Sparkers as well, all of our readers, um, they're all fans of previous albums, so it, uh, it helps it move a little bit um, further. And obviously um, social media and the rise of, uh, of YouTube, for example, that, that helps as well. Um, people talk about the albums and the reach goes further so yeah it was uh, it was easier to to manage and and push this one in a certain direction compared to to others back in the day where you had to really uh you know plan out and push uh really hard and get noticed uh this one's probably a little bit more fortunate in that regard the, the short answer to all of that is that it, it just you need to have a really good concept and you need to have the right people reliable people on board um, you need to to have some goals and they need to be realistic but you can exceed them as a bonus uh, and I've been fortunate that on every album uh, we've managed to exceed the expectations I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that Sebastian considering that you've been involved in so many of these would you say that that's accurate oh well, it's it's very accurate I think uh, and uh, you, you touched upon uh, champion being quite different from the other projects and uh, i think that 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 project stands out quite a bit from the other ones i think it's a super strong album and it had a very very clear vision from the start what it was supposed to be and uh, i think that's a bit of the beauty of these albums as well like in that case you you had a very clear vision and in other cases like you just want a diverse high quality album like yeah like this one yeah i would say compared to champion all of the other albums there's been wiggle room to expand on the scope of the project so any ideas that you had at the beginning you could expand and, and change them potentially and not affect the overall uh final product once you reach that uh, we didn't plan to have 65 tracks i think my initial goal was to have around <laughs> well personal goal for me was to have 40 tracks so we could beat 101 percent run and make sure that we had more tracks and then we could say it's the biggest harmony of a hunter album um the the, the intention was <laughs> never to get close to harmony of heroes i think that is uh that that is something that i'll never be able to um to recreate i feel something of that that scale um but to, to get to 65 tracks was um far exceeding what i expected and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there were tracks that we couldn't cover 
and I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, I would have loved to have had that track on the album. And then a couple of days later, Zach would send me a message. He'd be like, oh, hey, Darren, um, we've, me, me and Sebastian's worked on this track. <laughs> have a listen to it. And they've gone and made this track. Um, and so I, I think they're probably responsible for <laughs> a vast majority of the music uh, that we that we didn't get. And also um, uh, our other friends at Dra- Dracul. Is it Dracul? Can I have a... Pronounce their uh, their name. Should I pronounce it in Swedish? Uh, Drakeld. Yeah, what he said. Uh, so, <laughs> so <that's, laughs> but uh, yeah, they they, they contributed uh, a lot of music that would not have been on the album otherwise. Uh, so, for example, Quadraxis wouldn't have been there, and Dark Samus. We nearly didn't get Dark Samus. So, yeah, it's thanks to them mm. why they were even on there in the first place. So, I'm I'm very happy. And there was obviously some tracks that we couldn't get on there, and, and we did our best, and we're not going to beat ourselves up about that, because 65 tracks is an incredible achievement. I'm very, very proud of that. And I'm really happy that, I mean, we, we kind of aimed for 40 tracks, as you said, but since, at least this is how I feel, that we, we got 40 really, really good tracks, and we had time to spare, sort of. <laughs> and we just kept adding tracks, and uh, we could make we could maintain that high level of music. Uh, it, it it wasn't like oh we need this track quickly throw together something that <laughs> kind of sounds like that track. I mean we I think we were capable of keeping the high quality over the entire 65 track album. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to touch a little bit further as well on on what goes into creating an album. Uh, the planning is uh, is very important. So even if it might not follow exactly, there still needs to be a plan. You need to have uh, deadlines. Uh, and in the past, we have had deadlines for everyone. This time around, we changed it a bit. We tried to be a bit more flexible mm. because, you know, people work at different paces. And with the pandemic, we didn't want to put any extra stress onto people if we could help it. So we tried to uh, agree a flexible deadline between us that was good for us, but also good for them. And uh, I think personally, I think that that is the best way to go with organizing projects like this, um, making sure that the the deadlines are good for them, but also good for you, because you still need to run a project at the end of the day, and you need to mm-hmm. make sure that all the other bits that uh, precede that uh, go well. So obviously, once we got all of the tracks together, uh, we had to make sure that they all sounded okay, uh, there wasn't any clicks, pops, that kind of thing. Um, and obviously we have to get them mastered and then we have to you know listen over it a few more times and see if there's any problems again and then you know back and forth um but there's also things like the art team and you know the the trailer team and um you know promoting it and so there's lots of different things that go on also the website as well making sure that the, new, website, yeah, the yeah. new website could come together so that's a lot of things to juggle a lot of plates to spin and you want to make sure that one part of the project is as finished as it can be. Uh, but because um, we had this this extra time, this sort of padding in there, just in case things went wrong, um, th- things actually went better uh, than I expected around maybe halfway through. And um, the other parts of the project was coming along so well, and that's why we were able to uh, take on additional tracks. And we had about maybe two and a half months of just gathering the extra 25. So, yeah, it, it, the plan can change, but as long as you're remaining realistic and the, the scope doesn't get out of control, uh, that, will, um, that will lead to 
a successful release. Um, there were points where things got a bit stressful, um, for, for me certainly, um, and you just have to just accept that, well, things didn't maybe go exactly the way you wanted them to. But at the end of the day, we've released a, a really, or we're going to release a really solid album uh, with some really good music, and we can be proud of that. Now, you guys have mentioned this has been 10 years of the Harmony of albums. So with the original albums, what was the inspiration for those? As we kind of touched on previously, it was about, you know, sort of promoting the anniversary of Metroid. And at the time, we, we didn't feel that the the anniversary was being sort of talked about. We felt it was going to get overlooked. And I I felt that as as a community, because at the time we were only like a few months old, I think. We, we were very, very small and very new. And we wanted to bring the community together and create something. And I was quite fortunate to have a lot of musician friends because I was just a huge fan of video game remixes and and i befriended a lot of people because i was just so i wouldn't leave them alone you know i was like i really love your music i need to <laughs> chat with you i want to be your friend and so, and so i ended up with like these, <laughs> these friends and, uh, and i was like oh let's make an album together and i'd never done one before i'd never managed anything i had no idea what i was doing i i'm not a musician but i was determined absolutely determined to celebrate the anniversary and that was the goal, really. And it was like, once I, once I knew what the goal was, I sort of built around that. It was like, well, who do I want to reach? What styles of music do we want to have in this? What people do I need to be part of this project to make sure that it goes well? Um, and so I did some research. I looked into other releases and what they had to do. And I was just very fortunate to have the right people uh, help me with that. And it got a little bit easier with the second album and then as you progress through you get a bit more experienced and I still feel a bit of a cheat really like I shouldn't be making this because I don't know what I'm doing um, because it all seems to fall into place in the end um, and we had a lot of fun putting them together and I think going from Metroid and wanting to do another album but not quite sure where you go from two Metroid albums it was difficult but we decided that Smash Brothers was the next logical step with that and then if it wasn't for Sebastian suggesting that we do a like a, a small say small <laughs> 27 track follow-up um, yeah. I, we wouldn't have had Final Smash, um, so it was kind of down to him, really. Although, on reflection, I think what we should have done <laughs> is we should have pushed Champion back a bit and spent more time on Final Smash. Um, but but yeah. even then, I mean, it was a good experiment to see what could actually be achieved in six weeks. Although I would never, yeah. ever, ever release an album on Christmas Day again, because that is just ridiculous. <laughs> no one is there to look at it. And, and Paul, Ro Paul Rosen, who mastered the album, was working on that on Christmas oh. Eve, and I felt so bad. Um, that, that, was a, that was a case of bad planning, I feel. And it was, it was almost like every day was, was stressful. You know, and, and yeah, it yeah. it really. Rosen is so awesome, though. <laughs> it was it was a massive yeah. yeah, it was a massive stress though. And although it came out, in my opinion, reasonably well, I think everybody involved obviously did, did their absolute best. There wasn't a lot of time, and I think with more time, it could have definitely been better. Um, so that is a good example of even though you have the experience, 
you can still make mistakes and that was the fourth album that we did and and i think while the album itself wasn't a mistake the way it was handled was and as the director of that project that was my responsibility and you learned what not to do so there you go yes yes um kind of kind of i mean nothing ever like 100 percent goes to plan but i think once you start accepting that and you know that as long as you as long as you reach your goals of what you wanted to do and you plan carefully you, you can make something that people will enjoy i think the majority of people won't recognize or or even identify some of the very small issues that we have with you know with some of the tracks in in the albums um but it can't be helped sometimes some sometimes a track is done and it's as good as it's going to be and it needs to go out the door um but uh, yeah they, they are fun to put together yeah. and i wouldn't be putting them together today if i didn't enjoy them so that's why we're here making sixth i actually gave final smash a listen this last week and i think i think it was a lot better than i remember it being I, I think uh, just the, the amount of stress that I felt during that project kind of... It, it might have lowered my overall experience of that album, of the, out, the outcome of the album. The punch-out track was very good, though. Just, that's yeah. so catchy. Yeah, it's Punch super good. And uh, the, the, the... Out. It's great, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really catchy that's 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 so good and zach's uh, like the closing track is super good yeah, as well the, the bowser's inside story track snake eater another really oh, good track from so that album good. yeah snake eater that was a, that was amazing like stefan wells did a really good job of that and steena uh, incredible voice i think um looking back as well uh, i would say harmony of heroes with the DK rap. The DK rap is a track that no one <laughs> wanted to take on. And and I can't remember exactly what the conversation I think I was out shopping at the time and I think you'd approached me, if I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think you said that you had an idea for it um, and, and I think together we came up with it being like a fun end of project track where we got as many people yeah. involved as possible like maybe you remember it differently than i do no i i think it's was something like that yeah, yeah. and then we, we we managed to get like like cameos of every single donkey Kong country game in there as well and we even managed to get the the composer of the original track grant kirkup to make a very small cameo in in terms of his uh, his voice and <sighs> That 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 is the biggest happening of my life. Like that's so that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I was I was privileged to be, be a part of that one as well. But it was just a lot of fun. Everyone just just enjoyed themselves on that, and it was it was a track that went from having zero interest because people probably looked at it and thought, oh, this is a joke of a track, and we turned something that was a joke of a track into one of the most fun tracks that we've ever done and probably will ever do on a harmony album so that was that's a massive highlight for me i remember you guys were having i want to say it was like a live stream like listening party of i think it was harmony of heroes and i just remember listening to it while you guys were like live streaming i don't remember what channel it was being live streamed on i just remember sitting in the living room and listening to it and just going these people are so talented I just want like a tenth of their talent. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> the whole time. And well, 
the the teams are super talented i i I don't know how you can gather up so many awesome musicians darren darren how do you know so many amazing musicians (laughs) like how are you friends well i mean i get you you explained your friendship making process but still like how is it you know so many talented I'm people just, I, I tend to know friends or friends like the more people you have in these projects they're like oh my friend would love to be part of this and then you know they're involved and it just kind of goes from there but the important thing i think is just listening through it i i, I would rather have people that were passionate and and dedicated but may not be as um and i i, I don't even like to say this but Talent is probably like the wrong word for it. Like refined. Ma- yeah, I, I think that's a, a better word. Yeah, maybe someone that doesn't have the same years of experience as say other people. But I'd rather have those people involved because they are passionate about what they do, um, and and they they have a love for, for what they're making. And I love the idea of having these these people that don't get noticed as much as they should, and actually give them a platform to get their stuff out there and have people listen to them and hopefully people do go to the website actually after they've listened to this podcast and they look at the list of musicians and they look at their uh, portfolios and they follow them on all of their social medias and, and their websites and they support them and you know those people that go on to you know to, to make music and sell it you know support them you know buy their music and if you really if you really believe in what they do you know give them that opportunity um but yeah if we can help them and and push them and and help them feel a little bit more confident about their abilities um that's a that's a great thing when we've made the first album I, i do recall saying if people were still listening to it 10 years from now then i would consider it to be a huge success and We've got to 10 years and people are still listening to it, but I I think it was already a huge success from the minute that I was receiving messages saying, oh, your album inspired me to become a musician. Oh, your your music actually got me through a really dark time where I was considering suicide and this helped me through it. And you know, when you hear stuff like that, Hmm. it has been a success. Because if you didn't do that, if you didn't make these albums, you might not have inspired people. You know, those people may not be here anymore. I'm very privileged, very, very privileged to to help and have a hand in making these possible. Um, but a lot of the credit goes to the to the musicians and the artists and the animators and the you know <laughs> sound engineers and the master engineers. Everybody, everybody uh, has played a big part in making these things happen. Yeah, it's an quite an incredible team effort. Like the teams are so huge. There there are so so many people involved and keeping track of everything is it's not the easiest thing to do. But like I, I need to say two strengths that Darren has that, that that makes this possible and that I mean Darren is so so passionate. It it's when he's inspired to do something, he he gets that it done if if you want it done and you put down all the effort that is needed to to make it happen and uh, just by you putting down so much effort I, th- I think that kind of gets mirrored in the the artists of all kinds that join in they I mean at least I feel so that I need to be at my best uh, because I know how hard you work to get everything working uh, and the other thing I want to highlight as well is 
something you mentioned as well that you you give an opportunity to an unknown quantity uh, and I think that is a huge strength as well I mean I, I was definitely an unknown quantity when when I joined the first album I had basically nothing to show for my skills I just wrote a message to you and said hey I want to be on this album I was super scared <laughs> I, had, I, I had nothing to show you and you were like yeah sure take Craig's lair and make <laughs> a track out of that I don't remember it's it's really embarrassing but I don't actually remember how we met it's like you just existed and you've always been yeah. there because I've known you for yeah. so long <laughs> This seems to be a running trend with Darren. Like, all of us. Like, how did we meet? I don't know. It's just, we we just have known each other. And just one day, I think Darren's really from the future and comes back and changes some things. And that's that's really what happens. Well, I was from the future. All all I can say to people is that um, life is going to get better. And uh, as long as we keep music as part of our lives... Um, and we share that with people, then there definitely is a good future for everyone, as long as we keep music in our lives. And this album, I mean, it brought so many people together, so many collaborations, so many artists like ended up working together just thanks to the different albums that you've worked on. Yeah, um, like, like I said, there was uh, there was a lot of returning musicians, uh, kind of sort of partly why the album is called Harmony of Hunter returns. It returns, uh, you know, back to Metroid. It's coming full circle. Uh, there's returning musicians. It is a, a sort of a, a reference to the latest Metroid game at the time, which is Samus Returns. Um, but we're also returning to uh, older concepts that we've had in previous albums. Yeah, there's a lot of references there. The, the name just made sense. And um, and, and yeah, the, the biggest one, I think, is just having returning musicians and making sure that they was a part of it you know um because they over the years they've done so many great things for our projects um so i I had to invite as many of them back as i could and we couldn't get all of them um because you know a decade is a long time there's people that were students when they were working on this project the first one um and and now they've got families and children and it's uh the the time is is a lot less but it's um, it's great that people could make time for it and they could come back. I think they, I can't speak for all of them. I would like to think that they have fond memories of the first one and, and the previous albums after that, uh, that they wanted to return and, and make another contribution. So what do we think is going to be the future for Harmony of a Hunter? There's going to be a 50th Metroid anniversary one day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I I want to just get this one out of the way first. And oh, okay. So you're not it's working been, on the fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> it's it's been a it's it's been a long project. It's been a year of my life, and I'm going to enjoy this moment. I'm going to enjoy the fact that we've made a sixty-five track, five-hour album, and then we'll see what the fans want next. Um, but for now, I'm just going to have a nice. Nice break uh, mm-hmm. from from everything, <laughs> just just have a lot of time off and not think about any more albums. Because as nice as music is, you need to recharge. You got to recharge your batteries. But yeah, I'd be very interested to hear what people want to see next. Well, hopefully, we'll get a few more Metroid games in the future, so that there can be more albums. I I think that is very much possible. I think with Dread uh, and then Metroid Prime Four. 
um there's there's bound to be opportunities for more music but i i don't want to commit to anything today so you know you have to commit right now you have to sign a contract going i promise that i will make this well, album 50 well i promise that we've i what was that sorry no no nothing nothing sorry i was gonna say uh I do promise that we will have some Metroid Dread tracks in this album, which was um, a nice addition, a very late addition once we got the news of the new game. Uh, so that there is going to be a couple of references in there from this upcoming game. Not the first time that we've worked on a track before it actually got released officially. Um, Harmony of Heroes, we actually had uh, the trailer. It was the trailer music at the time for... Um, for Final Destination, I think it was, uh, which we we put into the big Final Destination track, uh, which was uh, that was incredible to have an actual orchestra on mm-hmm. on an, on a fan project, you know, um, it's really it's really great, um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of the dread references that we've included, um, and then when it comes out in October, um, they can listen to the actual themes and and compare them and see what they thought Well, that brings us to our mailbag question from last podcast, in which we asked everybody, what are your thoughts on the announcement of Metroid Dread? I know my would be a whole lot of screaming and excitement, and I was very happy. But we're going to go through some of these answers here on Twitter. Let's see. Elias Thompson says, and I'm going to do his voice, I'm stoked. That's what Elias says. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What are some other good ones here? Okay, load up. Uh, Bear Festival says awful should have been Metro <laughs> should have been Prime Pinball Two. Sorry to oh. disappoint you that we're not getting Prime Pinball Two. I love Prime two. Pinball Two. I love the first one. I've been playing through them all recently. I haven't played, it. and I love pinball. Oh, you need to. I've heard it's good. Such a fun game. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was literally a spin-off. Well, JMO Metroid Br- Dread Hype Man says, it genuinely blindsided me like a delicious and wonderful semi-truck. They got my expectations down by saying there's no Metroid Prime 4 announcements, and bam. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? I think we talked about it at length in the previous podcast, just the expectations of seeing Dread on on screen and you know this impossible game um, actually coming to fruition and it, it just amazes me that we are a couple of months out from actually playing that game ourselves yeah I, I still can't believe it it's unreal like knowing that there's going to be a metroid game in like two months exactly <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy uh, Mandalorian Merck says, it was the biggest surprise for me when I saw the Metroid 5 title. I absolutely lost it. I didn't think we would ever see a sequel to Fusion. I was so bummed to hear that Prime 4 was getting scrapped and built from the ground up, but now I'm more excited for this than Prime. 
So I'm so happy to see all these people excited about it. It just, it makes mm. me so happy seeing so many, like, just, I can't wait for Metroid. I'm like, yay. And Nintendo's tweeting about Metroid all the time. Yeah. It's just great. It's like an alternate We live in the timeline. best timeline. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like yeah. an alternate <laughs> timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden Nintendo. It, more, more proof that Darren's a time traveler. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm responsible for dread. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Crimson Paladin says only Nintendo could announce one of their most infamous titles and then release it four months later. Anyone else would at least drop a cryptic hint leading up to the reveal, and even then, it would be at least a year before it released. That is so true. Nintendo <laughs> yeah. was like one to just go, hey, guess what's coming out in a couple months? This game. Yeah, 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 you bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? I think we have had a few little hints along the way. I think that Paper Mario game that got um, released last year, there was like that trailer... And then right at the very end of it, they had like the, the like Samus's helmet on top of Mario. Oh, right. oh that's right. I think yeah. that's what kind of got people talking about it. And then there was lots of rumors about the two D games, and yeah. So I think I think they have tried to hint a little bit. That's true. Because it just felt so out of nowhere. Like, why would you even do that? So I don't know. That is true. <laughs> But I, th I think so. So many of us had probably given up on having another two D Metroid game. I know. I know. I had. I thought that we're never getting another two D Metroid. We're not. We're not getting Metroid. Dread. I felt that Metroid Five. Yeah, I felt that way before Samus Returns. I think Samus Returns was the you know, the turning point for me because suddenly this this format of Metroid, this traditional style Metroid was a thing again it was possible you know yeah. they reinvented the 2d uh approach and since then it was like yeah yeah they probably could make metroid 5 actually so i kind of had a bit of hope mm. and and i think that's why i wrote that feature for the site as well uh, just sort of giving my sort of ideas of what they could do for uh for metroid dread and i think it's always kind of been there with me there was always that hope that it would finally get released but you know i think just dread like as a concept metroid 5 a sequel to fusion dread itself i think was always going to be a bit of a pipe dream like it will never happen and you would see it in like fake leaks and you would think oh well that's fake mm. because they've put metroid dread in there yeah <laughs> you know? and yeah it's, it's kind of like when I, I guess duke nukem forever was finally released it was always a joke like how oh, duke nukem forever's in there it's not real you know <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah no we're very 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 lucky to have it um and it looks amazing as well it's not just like oh dread's coming out and oh it looks average it actually looks like a really really good game so i hope i hope yeah. that that is the case all right so for next podcast we want to collect messages to wish metroid a happy 35th anniversary so let us know on twitter at Shine Sparkers, what you would like to say to wish Metroid a happy 35th anniversary. All right, well, that's it for this episode, episode 15 of the Shine Sparkers podcast. Thank you, Darren, of course. And thank you so much, Sebastian, for being here and telling us about your experience with the Harmony albums. And when, again, can everybody find the album, Harmony of a Hunter Returns? When can they listen to it and where and all that stuff? Well, it's available August 6th on uh, harmony.shinesparkers.net and you will love it you'll definitely <laughs> love it for sure yeah. absolutely and if you don't make your own album i'm done i don't <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just imagining Darren going through like YouTube hater comments, just every single oh, one. Make your own it is. It's so Although. tempting sometimes, but no, people people are entitled to their views. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next mission. See you next mission. See you next mission. This podcast was edited by Darren Kerwin, with music from Maserati. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find more at shinesparkers.net, along with the latest Metroid news, community features, and exclusive content. Alternatively, you can also find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next mission.